0: Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. A little treat for our Canadian listeners today. It's HelloFresh Canada. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure delicious, deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, I took a brief look at their menu this week. I was really struck by the one-pot Mexican quinoa and black beans. This is a, uh, a vegetarian recipe. A lot of people are put off by the vegetarian food, uh, but I find they can be very fulfilling Not and Canadians. enjoyable. Not Canadians. No, those uh, Canadians love to eat they healthy. I know better. Uh, Get some uh, some good grains, some good beans in there. It can be very, uh, very filling. A lot of bold Mexican flavors. I would be very into that meal. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping, on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit.
1: This weekend in the box office, theaters were slammed and audiences were welcomed to the jam. Plus, Black Widow lives up to its name. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 161st episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make, where each week we sit down and pore over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I just want to clarify,
0: uh, Black Widow lives up to its name because its uh, its husband of a successful opening weekend died. Because it means doom. <laughs> you see a Black Widow spider, you're like, oh boy, yeah. that can't be good. <laughs> and it wasn't. Mm. Uh, would you like a uh, would you like the top five this week? Yeah all right this week I, w- I, I would. All right this week in honor of my recent trip to uh, Lake Superior, I'm giving you the top five Great Lakes. Number five Lake Ontario a little too far to the east for my taste. It's a lot a lot going on in New York. The Great Lakes are a Midwest thing, you know uh, Number four is Erie just haven't spent a lot of time there. spooky name. It is yeah uh, you never know what's going on there. Mm. Uh, number three is Lake Huron. Number two, Lake Superior. No reason for Lake Huron. The biggest, the deepest. Well, it's two. at number three. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to move it okay. along. I don't need, I don't need to give a detailed. Uh, every, everyone else got a reason. A a number three, we all know Lake Huron. Yeah, we well, Lake, Her, Lake Huron. Uh, these three lakes are all three that I've spent a good amount of time okay. on. Uh, Lake Huron just doesn't have uh, doesn't have the depth of Superior. Superior comes in at two. It's the uh, the deepest, Superior, the most foreboding. Not number one. No that well, is well, of course. not living up
1: to your namesake superior. No.
0: Well it's it's not supreme. It's just it's superior to three other Great That's Lakes. That's true. But of course number one of is course. Lake Michigan. I mean it's uh, the Lake of it's right uh, there. the lake the lake of our home, the only Great Lake fully inside the United States. Uh which is just a little interesting tidbit I found with You're looking at the map. Very
1: patriotic too, so that's very important too.
0: <laughs> they're a, they're an American treasure, mm-hmm. and Canada has part of. Four you do the of pledge them.
1: of allegiance before you record every time. I do. I let people know
0: that sometimes quietly during. <laughs> I, mute, I mute my mic, but I I yeah. will sit when here I'm muttering.
1: guessing. When I'm guessing, you know, oh, what came out. This weekend, yeah, 2004. The United States of America. Yeah, we'll just do that, which just distracts says. me, which is why sometimes I get it wrong. <laughs> if I ever get it wrong, it's I, because I'm being distracted by you. I play to win.
0: I mm. uh, so yes, congratulations to Lake Michigan, uh, and congratulations to Space Jam: A New Legacy, which comes in at number one on the actual box office top five this week. Do you like that little uh, that little transition yes. I threw in there? Space Jam: A New Legacy opened to thirty-one point you know six. Really 6? helps
1: smooth out a transition. <laughs> it's calling really attention helps, to it. Really helps keep it seamless. Is calling, <laughs> calling it out.
0: Well, listen, I want uh, I want the <laughs> the plaudits that I've earned okay. for my skills. Uh, yeah, Space Jam: a New Legacy made thirty-one point six million dollars. Uh, at number two was Black Widow, which made twenty-six point two. That was a sixty-seven point three percent drop. Gahol. Uh, that is up to 132 million dollars. Escape Room Tournament of Champions opened at number three with 8.8 million. F9, The Fast Saga, came in at number four with 7.6. It's 33.4 percent drop. That is up to 154 million dollars. And the Boss Baby Family Business came in at number five with 4.7. That was a 46.8 percent drop. That is up to 44.6 million dollars.
1: Our feature presentation, Space Jam: New Legacy. Uh, As you said, opening to 31. Kind of shockingly, you know, coming into this, not to you, you you quoted it at 35. I did. I
0: I regretted it, but it turns out
1: that I was right. But it was coming in seemingly quiet on buzz. Uh, Whatever buzz there was seemed to be uh, not enthusiastic. (laughs) Yeah, bad. Negative. Uh, And so this just stretches the power of nostalgia and the brand and just being a big kids offering. The biggest debut for a family film in the pandemic. Um obviously it's it's more impressive that it's also playing on HBO Max and I really think HBO Max is one of the is the only like people know that it's also on that platform. Pla- uh, sh- release strategy, you know, sure. I think the Disney thing is different cuz you pay for it but a Quiet Place Part 2 being on Paramount Plus did not or, affect the numbers. Yeah, Who knows st- what we're Paramount... We're still a
0: ways away from people knowing what Paramount Plus exactly. is. Exactly.
1: You know, the Boss Baby Family business being on Peacock at the same time. I don't think people realize that that's also on Peacock. So HBO Max really is the one that could hurt it. And this is kind of similar to what we saw with Godzilla vs. Kong, where this is just like a normal opening uh for this kind of movie even in a pandemic this is what i probably would expect space jam a new legacy to open to if it had opened as planned last summer amidst a normal healthy marketplace it's above uh, obviously the 27 million dollar opening for the first film but that was in 1996 uh, so obviously this sold a lot less tickets and that was always going to be the case you know michael jordan you know, he had retired, but still, in his heyday, is worth more than LeBron James.
0: Yeah, he was a singular cultural superstar in a way that LeBron And I think that a lot of that not. has
1: to do with how much everything has expanded as far as athletes and superstars. We have about eight of them now. As Back in the day, you had, like, the top of the mountain, mm-hmm. and then everyone came down. But, like... Is it LeBron and Steph and Kevin Durant and now Giannis? You know, there's so many people just in basketball that could be the top of the mountain as far as popularity. Um, do I think they left money on the table by not having this come out sooner in LeBron James's career? Yes, obviously. But, and also, did they leave money on the table, we talked about this last night, by not surrounding him with supporting players? You know, the first base gym had Charles Barkley, had Muggsy Bogues. Um, Patrick Hewing, big names, yeah, at the time, and this had and you saw their faces. This has voices by Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard. I think this really needed the support of Steph and Kevin Durant uh, to round it out and to back the film. So that all is is you know leaves money on the table. What this really needed to do was reintroduce kids to Looney Tunes. We'll see if that was ended up being the case, but you know. It just, it costs too much. Warner Brothers had a hard time getting Godzilla vs. Kong over the $100 million mark after their um, $30 plus plus opening weekend. You remember how uh-huh. long that took? We'll see what happens here. That seems to be a kind of a recurring theme in this pandemic marketplace is that things can open de- really decently or really well and then they will crater and then level out. You know, F9 opened to 70, it dropped 67. This week in its fourth weekend, dropped 33%. Pretty good. You know, um, uh, we'll see about Black Widow, if that can level out next weekend. So I'm curious to see when a family film, which tends to be leggy, debuts well and it gets has good buzz from the people seeing it, if they can stick it out or if it will continue the... Uh, idea that it seems like only the hardcore fans are coming out first. General audiences who tend to catch it on Weekend 2 and Weekend 3 aren't really going back to the theaters yet, or doing so even more slowly. It being on HBO Max just kind of compounds uh, that fact. Yeah. This movie just costs too much. You know, if I told you the original cost $80 million in 1996, uh-huh. that's a lot of money. It is. It's surprising to me. This costs about 150 to 160 so it's going to need... Overseas, which LeBron—who knows about LeBron James's viability there—and it'll need some legs, so time will tell. But this is a this is a face-saving start.
0: Sure. Here's a a question I have for you, uh, coupled with an observation. Yeah. Uh, Not to not to get into come and gone from a theater near you too early. Do you remember what Ready Player One opened to?
1: Thirty nine.
0: Very close. I. and this, this, came, this came to me because you mentioned uh, the sort of driving force of nostalgia yeah. that propelled this movie. Ready Player One opened to $41 million, uh, 47 if you count the holiday. It, was, right. it opened Easter weekend. Uh, which I just find very interesting. Because yeah. Ready Player One was a movie driven by, look at all these things you've heard of. Yeah, isn't I, that cool? And it also had it had other factors. It had the holiday. It had Spielberg. Yeah, I think
1: Spielberg was big there. Uh, it was like harkening back to the era that he was big, really sure. big, the eighties and. So. Uh, it also so.
0: just opened in a regular time with yeah. regular things going mm-hmm. on. I, uh, so with all with all those factors, uh, kind of boosting Ready Player One. Yeah. To me, the opening numbers are basically equivalent. Okay. Uh, and I just I. I expect that Space Jam is also quite a bit of look at all these Warner Brothers properties you remember. Uh hey there's King Kong. Hey there's a Clockwork Orange, etc. Right. Uh,
1: Casablanca. Yeah. Uh perha- Game <laughs> of Thrones, Mad Max, Batman. Yeah. I yeah.
0: uh, so I think I think we may just be finding the floor and ceiling of a a cultural reference a based, yeah. vomit movie. You know, and it's about it's about thirty to forty million dollars in opening weekend.
1: I just feel like so much of of this film's, you know, the first film. I, I it's weird. I said, I said this to you. I don't know if it was on the mic or not before, but I, I was, this was on the mic. I said this last week that like Space Jam is a weird movie in that it is beloved by a certain sect of people. Yes. And hated by everyone else. Critics don't like it. People who were not our age when the movie came out watch it and go, "What do you like about this?" And we are just completely blinded. I don't think there's that kind of disconnect in any other film. No, I'm It really is staggering.
0: So maybe maybe not on that scale at least. I'm sure there are there are things that are just like objectively bad, but we don't care. But right. it's it it really does just seem to be like we an entire care. generation.
1: Like people our age swear that it's just good, that it is a good movie. Yeah, and everyone else who sees it without the the blindness of seeing it when you're eight are just like, no, it's not. And so, <laughs> <I> promise that <laughs> makes this even more interesting because this is supposed to be like fine, uh-huh. I think, Fine to bad, and and it's not coming off of a beloved for mo for like you know seventy percent of the audience. A beloved uh, uh, thing. So I think this is really cashing in on James, the Looney Tunes family films, and probably people who were 10 at the time in 1996 uh, are now in their 30s and have kids and can go see the new space jam with their kids and so i think that that's what they're hoping for as well so we'll next week's going to be a big test for this um also opening this weekend escape room tournament of champions open to 8.8 i think that this is all things considered just like very fine for this movie i mean who is to say what they thought you know uh, Escape Room Two was going to open to it. The first one made eighteen million, Noah, in January of two thousand and nineteen. So that su- opening or total? It was opening. Okay. Surprise hit. This this one cost fifteen million, so they kept the budget light. The first one cost nine and made one hundred and fifty-five worldwide. The first one it was, it was, it was a hit. It was the first January um, horror release, which you you know can be big. Sure. And it, it presents, like, a PG-13 Saw. And so it added something new to the marketplace. So it's this one making this amount of money. I mean, I don't think this was advertised well or just at all. And I think even though it's three years, I think this is just too late Yeah. for a sequel to the first one. I don't think the first one has remained in the consciousness. I also just, I don't... I don't think we're
0: yet in a moment where people are ready for sort of the the low impact sequels to something that we all kind of liked. Yeah, like the first escape room. Like I don't think anyone thought it was great, but I mean, like it was th- pretty good. I Thought it was it good. Was it was, it was fun. a fun time. Yeah, yeah I and it's much so like i
1: competently I'm, made than you could ever think it would be
0: right. But that's 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 sort of yeah. uh, that's sort of damning with faint praise. Sure, to come out of a movie being like, oh, that wasn't garbage. Like that was that was made by professionals. Wow. Right. I and yeah, when it's when it's time for the second one to come out, I think people come into it with that energy, just like, oh, I liked Escape Room. I could yeah. I could see Escape Room too. Let's go.
1: It's a conversation we we had just yeah. a moment ago.
0: Yeah, and so i I think with all the external factors uh working against the movie industry right now, you really need a like it's the sequel to Space Jam. Uh, it's the new. It's the sequel to Fast and Furious. Right. Like it's right. these are these are big. Uh, these are big things. Uh, you can't you can't really go in with big energy to it's Escape Room Two. Like,
1: you know this was initially nobody supposed, really cares. That this was much. initially supposed to come out April of twenty twenty, and I I'm curious if even that would have been too late. This almost needed to be like a year to the day uh-huh. of the first one, like it was like literally like a saw. But saw was more in the public consciousness than escape room. But the kind of thing was you make a sequel quickly and you release it in that same January dead zone as the first one. Yeah, I, I think d- maybe even two plus years would have been too long. I
0: think I think April 2020 would have been like that. Would have been fine, maybe, it, assuming obviously. Um, <laughs>
1: Either way, we'll, 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 it's 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 not face-saving. It's not disappointing. It's just like, well, that's it Just you know, is. It is what it is. Uh, also, opening Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain, controversial, stunningly controversial documentary, uh, had opened with one point nine in eighth place, two thousand average. Uh, it is the best uh, platform release so far this year, or just the the biggest grossing. Yeah. So. What, what
0: compels? Well. We don't really have to get into it, and I still mm. haven't done a lot of reading about all the myriad controversies that apparently okay. exist. I know of one. I just like what what compels a person. This is the same guy that made the Mister Rogers doc,
1: Mister Rogers doc, and Twenty Feet from Stardom. Yeah, which is terrific. I
0: just I focus I focus on the Mister Rogers okay. doc because Anthony Anthony Bourdain also is also past, just yeah. like a, a a a past and just kind of generally beloved figure. Sure. Uh, what compels a person to make that documentary And be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make some choices Here yeah. The Mr. Rogers doc, very straightforward Very just yeah. by the numbers And really good, great. it worked great Loved it, saw it multiple times Why yeah. do uh, Why do you, you got to roll the dice at all <laughs> Just do that again I think
1: Is my take Shocking choices um, Second Weekend Black Widow dropped 67%, 26, 132 total. So it did, this past week, make $100 million faster than any other movie in the pandemic, Mm -hmm. beating F9 by a day, made in seven days, I think, six days. Um, And yet, this is the biggest drop a Marvel Cinematic Universe film has ever seen. Um... Bigger than Ant-Man and the Wasp. And let me let you, I'm going to blow your mind here. Please do. a stat I just read. 2003's Hulk holds the record for the biggest second-weekend drop of any Marvel movie. Okay. With 70, 70%. Jesus Christ. This is 67. Uh, 70%. My God. Yeah, well, it wasn't what people thought it would be. Um. So, let's talk about it. I find it interesting... That Disney did not release the premium access numbers this weekend. Aha! Uh-huh. Wonder why that could be. Could it they were be that also bad? That also took a dip. Yeah, we're also seventy percent fewer people. According to this article from Deadline, uh, Disney does not get a hundred percent of their Disney Plus premium revenue, as many of us thought, because it's on their streaming service. How could that be? Here's why. Many sources have informed this uh, uh, gentleman, who I'll just say his name, because I think he should get credit for it, uh, Anthony DeLessandro, Okay. Uh, he said many people have informed him in the wake of last week's report on P V O D release, which is premium video on demand, paid video on demand, whatever. Uh, they have to share 15% of the revenues with platform providers such as Amazon Fire Stick or Apple TV Plus. So the people that house yeah. Disney Plus app get like fifteen percent of the revenue. It seems like a lot. It does. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so when 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 we go to last week and we were like it made twenty million dollars just them and that goes right to them whereas theaters they get about you know half or something uh-huh. I forget how much they get. Um, so like why wouldn't they just go to premium thing all the time? They keep they don't keep all of it. So the money still is in theaters; is where most of the money is going to be made. Um, so why did this happen? So, is it because people didn't like the movie? It got pretty decent scores coming out of it. Did people see it? Is it because people are just watching it on uh, on premium access? Apparently not. They didn't release the numbers. So I think this is just a this is like a matter of whether. I I do think the Disney Plus thing hurt it. I think all the people who saw it on Disney Plus last weekend would have probably come this weekend because they're not the general consumer, as I stated earlier. They're the general consumer who comes out on two and three, not immediately on the first weekend. They just stayed home the first weekend and rented it instead of going out. So I think that affects it. I think this is the biggest uh, This is the biggest example of how the streaming thing can ex- inherently affect the movie. Because this opened big. This wasn't like an In the Heights where it opened low. And we can blame streaming and then decide, well, no, people shouldn't want to see it. People wanted to see this movie. They saw it last weekend. It dropped huge here. I think partially because people stayed home the first weekend and during the week and this weekend. I think that hurt it. I think this is a first, our first big example of that happening. Um, it's not proven, you know. Ant Man and the Wasp dropped huge uh, last summer, two summers ago. Right. Three summers ago. Sorry. 2018. whenever it came out they that dropped huge and then legged it out all throughout uh, it became like a second choice consensus so like oh a time doesn't work for this let's just go see ant man and the wasp that legged it out through the rest of summer so it's possible black widow does that as well um ant man the wasp dropped i think 62 percent and then ended up going smaller 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 drops throughout the summer that could happen with black widow uh it's possible the story's not yet written it's just a very alarming drop for this kind of it movie certainly is so I, it doesn't mean that the MCU's in trouble, you know. If Avengers did this, then fine, but this is just a Black Widow movie. It's not it's not the next hero that they're trying... it's not this happening to Shang Chi or the Eternals, a movie much more important to their future. Right. Um, so I don't think it means that the the brand is in trouble. I just think that this is a very uh, clear example of how the streaming thing can actually affect uh, theater revenue, and so it's something for the studios to consider. I think that seems uh, seems very likely to me. So the story is not yet written. We'll see what happens next weekend. With that, I do want to mention that the, uh, uh, the- movie theater owners blame Marvel's Black Widow box office collapse on Disney Plus launch, an article by Rebecca Rubin and Variety. Wait till you get a whole load of the name that they call themselves these theater owners. Um the National Association of Theater Owners. Oh. That's NATO. Mm-hmm. That's taken. Yeah. So in the future in this article, which I don't blame her for doing, it says NATO seemed to like Black Widow, calling it... <laughs> Calling it a well-made thing. So this is some quotes from their statement they put out. Despite assertions that this pandemic-era improvised release strategy was a success for Disney and the simultaneous release model, it demonstrates that an exclusive theatrical release means more revenue for all stakeholders in every cycle of a movie's life. Um, They also say... uh, Disney declined to comment, obviously. I wish I could just have the whole statement. Uh, they also say, It ignores that premium access revenue is not newfound money, but was pulled forward from a more traditional POV window, which is no longer an option. Combined with a the theatrical revenue and foregone traditional PVOD revenue, the answer to these questions will show that simultaneous release costs Disney money in revenue per theater over the life of a film. Piracy was the most str- torrented movie of the week, Black Widow, uh, so that obviously has something to do with it, but they say... All the while, Disney Plus subscribers have the ability to share their password with other households, potentially limiting the number of individual transactions. NATO says Disney isn't alone in these particular threats. It was also the case for the day-to-day release such This is this. this. Um, the many questions raised by Disney's limited release of streaming data opening weekend are being rapidly answered by Black Widow's disappointing performance, NATO said. The most important answer to the si- that simultaneous release is a pandemic-era artifact. That should be left to history with the pandemic itself. I think that's a pretty bold and like just quick kind of reaction statement. Yeah. We I don't, don't know what's going to happen next week, but I don't they're put, pissed. I don't put very
0: much stock in the theater owners assessments of whether or not a VOD is good.
1: Well, it's, just, it's just an interesting um, side of this. that sure. They actually released a statement about it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and that's it. Alright, well then it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Did Did it make make more more or less less than than open water?
0: water. We all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than open water at the box office. Yeah. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Your first film is The Tale of Despero.
1: More. More is right. Christmas. You remember how it was a Christmas film? I I should have checked that. I think so, and I'm going to say the year was, oh boy, I'm going to say the year was 2008. Uh, well, now I'm going to double check uh,
0: because of the Christmas thing. Uh, yes, correct, 2008. Oh, great. Wanted to make sure I didn't uh, overjump it, but that is a quick two for two for you on the tale of okay. Despero, which yeah. I thought would be it's trickier. About a, about a or something. <laughs> sure. Or a mouse. A mouse. I it's think sword. it's French because of Despero. Yeah. Uh, all right, your second film is *The Ides of March*.
1: More, I think that was like a mainstream release.
0: It did make more.
1: Yeah, I think they. Correct. I think that they 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 thought they were hot off Gosling and stuff, so they were like, "Let's go wide." I don't know. I, I think they went wide. That came out. I'm gonna say we were at the Addison apartment. Hmm. I'm gonna say 2011.
0: Another quick two points. I think that was the
1: same year as Crazy Stupid Love, which is probably why they went wide with it.
0: Oh, dear. Could this be the first week... I don't know. ...that you score your so. six. Your big six. My big six. Your final film is The Fog.
1: More. Less! Fuck. Ooh! It, I thought that was a January horror thing. I was like, I have probably made like some money. All right. I'm not gonna get the year. Oh, maybe I will. 2005.
0: That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Tom Welling's The Fog. Tom
1: Welling, the woman who's in it. <laughs> she walks um, around in her underwear, and then there's footprints on the ceiling. Yeah, I remember
0: that. I saw The Fog, not the two, not the 1980 version. I saw you The Fog fool. for
1: a uh, for for uh, a project in school. You remember that? I had to yes. watch. I had to watch both of them.
0: I. To report on. I them. just saw it in theaters for fun. I didn't. Uh, Tom Welling, Maggie Grace, and Selma Blair were in this film. So
1: when did what, what was the date it came out?
0: Uh, it came out on October fourteenth.
1: Oh, so we did know each other at that point. Yes. Oh five. Yeah, it was a hmm. Good
0: old freshman year. Yeah.
1: All so right. not quite so close. The elusive so the close. six
0: eludes you still. Yeah. Uh, but you're you're getting there. You're, getting you're closer, circling around getting it. Closer. All right. I. Uh, now for "Come and Gone" for Athena, are you? I'm just gonna assume that you're ready to go back in time yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. for this week in 2010. it Features two films. This is week 29. What are the dates? July 16th through the 18th.
1: Despicable Me.
0: Off by a week. That came out the previous weekend. 2010
1: was not was. Um, no, it was 2014. 2000, sure, we'll keep on 2010. What came out in 2010? Was it a Marvel thing? It was in not. In the summer. Mm-mm. Wouldn't have been animated, because Spickle Me might have been animated, but I don't think so, because Spickle Me just came out. It was not. How many am I looking for? Just one? Uh, Two. Did we see him?
0: Uh, We saw the first one. We saw number one.
1: Did we like it? Yes. We liked it? Yes. Great. Uh,
0: pretty, Pretty big deal.
1: It was...
0: May or may not... Wasn't Harry Potter. ...have contended in Multiplex Madness.
1: Oh, come on. Shit. Oh, Inception. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that opened to
0: 60. 62.7. hmm I'm also trying to get you to guess number three, though it's much stupider. Did we see it? No.
1: Why? It's
0: Much stupider. This is a stupid movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Was it like a step up?
0: Uh, No, this is going to be a a sort of fantasy action film.
1: The Sorcerer's Apprentice.
0: Yes. Yes, that is exactly right. (laughs) I didn't even get to tell you that it was a Jay Baruchel vehicle.
1: Turtle (laughs) Top, from the director of National Treasure. Don't. That was like when. We were all like, "Oh, Disney might be in trouble trying to like reproduce shit." Cuz like yeah. Prince of Persia, I don't know, maybe, but like this was like, you know, from it had wizard it was a toward the end of Harry Potter. It was, uh, you know, from the director of National Treasure. Those were two big hits with Nicolas Cage again and didn't make any money. I have no idea. I would say 14. Seventeen. Okay. Seventeen point six. I really was. Pretty close. I really. I knew it wasn't over. I it might. I might have been convinced it was over twenty, but not over thirty. And I don't think it made less than ten. So. Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. That's all. Uh, that's all we got that weekend. All right. Uh, no
1: early reaction this week, so no recommend a movie.
0: All right. This week. Oh,
1: do we have anything to recommend?
0: Uh Listen. Controversy aside. Uh, I would like people to celebrate the legacy of Anthony Bourdain. I, oh, in, I intend sure. to see the film, despite it featuring the robotic ghost of Anthony Bourdain at one point. Plus other problematic things you can be sure. uh, read about, I, if you choose. But still, Anthony Bourdain's pretty cool. and I, I, <laughs> He's pretty cool. <laughs> and I miss him and want to see the movie anyway. So, um, join me, won't you?
1: I'm going to see if you can still rent a theater. Okay. And if you can... Okay. I opened my AMC app, and it had a promo for Snake Eyes. Okay. And it's, one of the options was get tickets, and the other option said no thanks. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> get tickets or really... no, I'm okay. Okay. Great. We understand.
0: While you're looking, uh, can I mention that I've seen a... I don't
1: think you can run a theater anymore. Shit.
0: I've seen a number of good remarks about
1: Pig. Seems I hear like... it's not what people expect it to be, though. But, I mean, well, isn't, I that, expect that, that, it to be bad, mean, that so mean, that's good. Oh, you do expect it to be bad? Yes. Okay. I think people expect it to be a comedy because they laugh at anything Nicholas Cage says or does. Right, which is
0: also good because I don't want it to be a comedy.
1: No, I don't want it to be a comedy either.
0: I want it to be a genuine movie about this pig. And it might be. About
1: this pig. <laughs> about this pig you hear about.
0: Um, so, like, I'm not recommending pig, but if you want to go see pig, like, I'd be, I'd be on board listener
1: Jesus Christ no I really don't know I'm going to like Barrington where there's 24 theaters mm. and hoping they just have like a showing of something would
0: you consider pig
1: <laughs> no I won't nah. consider pig not your bag I won't consider pig uh you know what uh You liked the first Escape Room. (laughs) Yeah, go see Escape Room too. No, I am going to say one I've already done because I just watched it. It's on Paramount Plus, but go see A Quiet Place too. It's a fun theater experience. It's still dropping real slow? It's still dropping real slow. 27% this week? That's my, like, I just need to get out of here uh, recommendation.
0: Love it. All right, plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at Witboxoffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Druki.
1: I'm at Brenda Serber, D A S U R B E R.
0: Of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. We are on Stitcher. Yeah. Those are the big three, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, support the little guy, too. I use Podcast Addict. Mm-hmm. You uh, sure do. It works great. We're on there.
1: I use Spotify. So. Well, that's one of the No, big I don't. Three. I use Stitcher. Yeah. Which is one of the Another big three. Another one of the big three. Yeah. All right. That is it for us this week. Next week, uh, what's opening? Old. M. Night Shyamalan. We'll see if he still has what it takes. It feels very muted. Or did he spend campaign. too long on that beach? That marketing can Do you have an early reaction to Space Jam? I don't think you do. Uh, um, i While you look that up, uh, you know... I feel like the marketing's been kind of muted on that, too, so I'm curious to see what that does. And, uh, again, we'll see if Black Widow can level out, and does Space Jam take a huge plunge? We'll see. This has been What's in the Box Office. Does Noah have a prediction from for Space Jam? Uh, no, I do not. But I old do have you one do. one for old, yeah. What, what did you say? $30 million. We'll see next hey. week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. We'll see you next week, and until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.